Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. Hello and welcome to the Cricket News Podcast. This is Abhishek Mukherjee and today we have with us Ankit Varma, one of India's leading young cricket historians. Now Ankit has been working for some time on the history of women's cricket, especially women's cricket in India, something that dates back to the 19th century. So without waiting anymore, let us start episode 2 of season 5 of the podcast. Yeah, hello and welcome to Cricket News. Um Rahul Pandey who is supposed to who typically hosts these is not here so you'll have to bear with me. I am Abhishek. You probably seen me on the on Rahul's podcasts but uh, yeah, this is an uncharacteristic role for me. First time as well. So I hope and today uh, we uh, we have Ankit. Ankit is one of uh, India's foremost young cricket historians and uh, uh today we uh, we shall discuss the early days probably the origins of women's cricket in india which dates back over a century before india women played their first international match so without much much ado i'll just move on to uh, i'll just pass this over to ankit ankit uh, uh how have you been first of all I mean I uh, we have been following your work for a long time you've been doing phenomenal work in this domain and it's a privilege to have you on the show Thank you Abhishek da first of all thank you for the lovely introduction and thanks for having me here uh with the pandemic of course it is just about to end for me as well and I've been isolating here in Bangalore from quite some time just about to move back so some interesting days with the world cup going on so I'm just hooked right now and that's what it is so i'm actually very excited for today yeah so the india pakistan match got over and we shall be discussing shortly in a time when these two countries existed as one so yeah. let's start i mean where to start i mean uh, 2005 when icc uh, actually took over the women's world cup and uh, i mean actually actually to uh, actually took over women's cricket as well or uh, 1973 the first women's world cup i mean these two basically led to generally uh, these two were fo- immediately followed by formation i mean two major organizational changes in bcci but uh, that is something we we know i mean uh, th- these happened at global level as well as in india so india have for the for the first time had a women's cricket uh, association and then uh, in in the in the early 1970s and um, in the mid 2005 bcci took over women's cricket at uh, roughly the same time uh, icc i i mean shortly after icc took over i mean women's cricket across the world but uh, uh, women's cricket goes back in india goes back uh, far be- far before that so just tell us something about the women's cricket in the 1970s what it was like in the country okay so for me personally uh, i see the 
1973 era, the 1970s era, when the women's cricket came into India in prominence, it is more like an official uh, formality. Just like the way in 2005 when the merger happened, the whole uh, setup for Indian women's cricket team or even in the world, um, it became more professional. It was a step uh, towards beco it becoming more professional. The same way when in 1970s, uh, I had a women's cricket association. It was just a step towards it being official. Because for me, uh, what I have researched or what I have followed, women's cricket existed uh, much before that. And not that, it also had a basic structure to it. And uh, it would not be wrong to say that uh, some of the women's cricket tournaments at that time, before 1970s, were into decline. So that's a very interesting thing to see uh, because uh, in 1973, when the WCI was formed, mm -hmm. uh, even before that, most of the uh, people who, like, who were the pioneers, they were playing much before then uh, WCI was formed. So for example, if we have someone like Diana Idolji, she was playing in 1960s uh, and uh, LB's Cricket Club, the first uh, uh, Indian cricket club for women, was formed in 1970s. But... Uh, even before that, we had clubs which people don't mostly don't know about. Other than that, we had uh, different different organizations in Delhi as well. Some clubs were in Delhi, some clubs were in Bombay. India Gymkhana was there. Uh, CCI had women playing there. So there were a lot of different people in different places, even in the smaller towns. So, like for example, if we have someone like uh, something like uh, Madhya Pradesh or Central India. There we had some cricketers who were going to the academies with boys, uh, the clubs which were just exclusively for boys. But these girls had so much passion for playing the game, they just went along anyway. And of course, their parents supported them. So that's why they were there. The 1973, when uh, WCI was formed, it was just another step towards the officialization, uh, just getting it a structure. So, of yeah. course... Uh, bringing a large boom to the whole women's cricket uh, uh, scene for India. But I feel uh, there is a lot more to it that needs to be explored. Okay, that has. Uh, also, we need to discuss the patrons of women's cricket of this e of this era. Because, uh, see, I mean, uh, there was no centralized support. Like, uh, BCCI was there, but... Uh, you know, I mean, there was no, um, I mean, it was mostly small centers across the country. So, uh, and the tournaments were also, I mean, it was in that era, it, it took tremendous organizational hassle to organ. I, I mean, uh, uh, it was not easy to organize these tournaments back in the era. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, as we, as you mentioned that, uh, there were tournaments that started before independence and continued until what, 1960, 70? Till 1973, before, just right before the WCA was formed, there were some tournaments which used to happen annually. So, okay, um, let us hear. Tell us more about this. So, like we know about Roshanara Cricket Club, which is usually yes. the one we credit for the roots of the BCCI. The ones, mm -hmm. the place where the BCCI was formed. In 1922, it was formed. By 1927, 29. yeah, uh, in 1927, MCC toured India, 
and uh, yes. we know about this story about how MCC when they toured India, uh, in the, all the Indian states and whatever matches that were there were lost, except for one match that was a holiday fixture between uh, in MCC and Delhi Ladies Cricket Club. Mm -hmm. That match was played uh, at the Roshanara Cricket Ground only. And right. the team was basically Roshanara Ladies Cricket Club. It didn't have an official name until then. It was just called Delhi Ladies Cricket Team. Yes, so, I mean, uh, whatever, I mean, it, uh, I mean, reports mostly refer to it as Delhi Ladies. Yeah, but uh, from 1927 to 1940s, this team played, but it was usually against uh, men, against boys. From 1940s okay, okay. onwards, from 1940s onwards, this thing changed. Uh, there was Miranda House, the famous uh, college we mm -hmm. had in Delhi. So from there, a lot of girls were handpicked. One of them was this girl. Her name was uh, Meena Talwar Khanna. Meena Talwar okay. Khanna was uh, the wife of uh, Ranji cricketer Nandi Khanna, who used to play for Southern Punjab. So okay. Meena Talwar Khanna, she was just 14 years old before... Uh, she was she came to delhi and she started playing for uh, a club of uh, delhi that was roshanara ladies cricket club they started having an annual fixture with the uk high commission ladies so there was an annual fixture every year it was usually around uh, january and uh, they used to play one or two matches and it played for a trophy called uh, sir terence shown trophy Okay, so was this a fixture between an Indian, a team of Indian women against a team of British women? Yes, it was between a team of Indian women okay. and British women. And uh, interestingly, most of the times Indian women won against the British women. So the record was somehow 19-4 uh, by the time 1970s came. And it was regularly covered till 1973. From 1941 to 1973, Meena Talwar played in every fixture of the trophy and uh, she was uh, oh, famously wow. called, she was famously called as demon meena by the uk high commission ladies because uh, she was a fast bowler and the pace that she used to get the kind of lift that she used to get from the pitch was very uh, no it was very daunting for the uk high commission ladies and um, uh, there was this thing where they wanted meena to not play against them so they brought a rule uh, by the end of 1960s. They tried to bring a rule where they said that uh, girls who are the age of below 18, they should not play in this trophy. So that Nina can't you know, be eligible for this trophy. <laughs> of course, there was a lot of protest from Miranda House and uh, other people and Mina ultimately played. That was the thing. Uh, I had the privilege of talking to Meena Ji and uh, she actually still plays golf. She plays and she plays a lot of sports. Wow. She actually represented India in the Asian Games in 1952. So she was also a very good player. In, in? She uh, participated in athletics. She uh, participated in javelin. So different okay. kinds of sports. She was not yeah. just a cricket player. She played a lot of different games. Shirin Kiyasha of her era? Uh, she, I'm sorry. She, uh, she, can we call her the Shirin Kiyash of her era? Yeah, we can certainly call her that. Because uh, uh, just for the audience, uh, Shirin Kiyash represented India in cricket, basketball, and hockey. So she remains. She is still probably the only one who has played for India in three sports. 
so and uh, just to add on to another thing uh, meena talwar khanna's mom she also used to play cricket before her so for the roshnagar oh. ladies cricket club the matches the matches that used to happen between men and women we know about mm-hmm. those uh, you know fixtures between men and women where men used to play left handed and uh, there was a certain advantage for women to play mm-hmm. uh, in those matches meena talwar khanna's uh, mom used to play and uh, she used to play from 1920s to 1940s before meena took up the game that was okay uh, we are going we have reached the 1920s now but we were in the 1920s i mean we were discussing the delhi ladies which was 1920s so yeah so can we go further back where, where how far does this go back how far does it does it go back i mean let us uh, let us discuss the 20 uh, let us discuss uh, the bef- uh, what happened before the first world war so around 1900 before 1900 what was there just were the indians playing cricket indians did play cricket but it was usually restricted to few elites we know how upper caste and uh, those privileged yes. people used to play cricket um, it was not uh, seen a lot very few girls used to play cricket uh, in uh, 19th century as well uh, the one story that uh, everybody knows is about uh, miss trant the uh, duchess of bedford yes she used to play cricket uh, she was possibly and arguably the first uh, woman to play cricket in india but uh, upon further ankit al do not assume tell us more about miss tribe uh, yeah so miss tribe actually she uh, she actually came to india in 1882 she uh, her father was stationed at lahore and uh, she uh, had moved from switzerland and she completed her studies from chatelham and uh, when she came to india uh, of course uh, she was a very rebellious girl and she liked to go out and explore the countryside and everything in uh, 1886 she was the star of one big match uh, it was a very popular match that happened at shimla cricket club uh, so she uh, as per the sources she made a 50 against uh, men who were playing there and everybody was in awe when they saw her uh, and this fight- was not an odds match i mean where men had to bat left handed this was a match under normal played under normal conditions no no uh, it was a match which had uh, men being left handed too uh, okay, the okay. Was, uh, most of the teams uh, it, it was actually taken very seriously it was not just played okay. uh, for laughs so most of the games okay, that uh, okay. we played for, uh, men used to show some chivalry and they were like very lenient when they were bowling but in this particular game they were very brutal and uh, for example uh, none of the ladies were able to you know uh, withstand the pace of the men bowlers there but uh, only miss tribe she was able to cross uh, double figures in that game and she went on to score a wonderful oh. 50 so all these spectators there they were just in awe of how could a woman play like that they had never seen a woman play such ferocious strokes so she was not just taking singles and she was not just you know going for a regular way women used to play she was playing strokes she was hitting boundaries and uh, that was a very different side for them and this legend actually stayed for a very long time till 1920s whenever there was a talk about women playing games uh, the cricket uh, this match was always brought up and this was not the last time she was playing either after 1886 uh, she played another game in lahore where she used to live uh, and uh, an interesting thing was uh, this is easily one of the first instances 
where you could see uh, woman uh, running out someone in the non-striker end. That was Miss Tribe. She uh, in the, the Lahore match. She uh, <laughs> did. I judged. Yeah, she did that. Yeah. So uh, this was before. Uh, since we are mentioning 1880s, so this predates the. Two professional women's sides that toured. I mean, yeah, played a lot of matches in England, the red and blue teams. So this uh, Miss Tribe predates both of them. Had she been in England, she would probably have been playing for one of the two teams or something like that, and would have done really well. Certainly, so, she actually uh, got married in 1888, uh, and after that, uh, she didn't get to play much. Also, a very significant year because that was the first time that no, eighteen eighty six and eighteen eighty eight, two years uh, synonymous to it. I mean, very significant years in cricket history because the first two Indian men's teams toured England in these years. The team, two teams of Parsis, toured India in eighteen eighty six and eighteen eighty eight. At the same time, a British woman was, <laughs> I mean, making. Names na making her name in Indian cricket. Yeah, true that. So it was okay. a pioneering for yeah. It was a very key event for India when uh, the 1886 tour happened of the Parsis, because Parsis were the ones you know uh, the most affluent uh, community in India at that time. Mm -hmm. They were also in very much line with the ways of British. They liked the lifestyle of uh, Britishers. And uh, it was not just the way they lived; it was also the conservative attitude in some ways. Uh, but even then, there were a lot of uh, rebellious ladies from Parsi cricket too, who used to, you know, uh, try their hands on the game. So that was another interesting thing to see because if we just look at the elites, uh, the one name that comes to my mind before uh, was uh, Dame Rajkumari Amritkaur, who played much later in England. But uh, even before that, if we just uh, look at uh, an Indian player in India who has started playing cricket, that would be uh, Madam Bhikaji Bhikaiji Kama. Madam Bhikaiji okay. Kama. If people who are not familiar with it, uh, she was uh, a freedom fighter for India, and uh, uh, she is known for hoisting Indian flag in 1970 in in Germany. She was the first person mm -hmm. to do so. and she was also the first person long before mahatma gandhi to ask for the complete freedom of india uh, but uh, that was not just uh, for her she was born in 1861 and uh, she was also a wonderful sports woman she started playing cricket uh, by the age of 7 and uh, she was uh, educated in alexandra girls so that we are discussing 1868 here yeah mm -hmm. 1868 1869 So yeah, okay. she actually studied in Alexandra Girls English School. That was one of the first girls school in whole of India, long before Bethune came, long before uh, other societies yes. cropped up. So, Madam Bikaiji Kama, she started playing uh, in the school with other girls. So it was between girls only. It was not between with the men at that time. If she played uh, against uh, men, that was usually out of school. So from eighteen uh, sixty, so, uh, yeah. So we can say that in the 1868, in the 1860s, 1870s, there were there was women's cricket at least at school level. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, but yeah, of course, it was restricted to some uh, institutions that were more elite and more open-minded. 
yes but this uh, so this predates uh, the first test match played by india by over a century yes it does yes so okay go on yeah yeah so she played uh, till 1881 uh, in 1881 she was uh, 20 years old and one of the reasons she uh, her parents were very much worried because she just liked to play cricket she would go out and uh, her different ways uh, they were not very much happy with that so what happened was uh, they said that uh, we'll have to get her ma- married otherwise she'll just keep playing cricket and uh, she'll be just no no she won't get responsible so in 1885 at the age of 24 she got married and then she uh, had her political career from there on but for at least uh, 17 years while she was in school she used to play cricket uh, with the elites outside with the british boys and uh, anywhere that where she could yeah so uh, but uh, we also what about we uh, until now we have discussed mostly delhi and bombay but what about the other indian cities how popular was cricket we know uh, calcutta was the capital of uh, british india until 1911 and then there were other cities as well i mean cricket was spreading fast in madras in pune and other cities as well so how uh, how popular was women's cricket until i mean say how did women's cricket evolve in this yeah so how did women's cricket came to the east coast that is another story yes. even, even if you think of calcutta it is of course it was a center for cricket uh, but uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, interesting to see that women's cricket arrived much later there there were yes. different stories for example uh, by the time uh, uh, miss tribe ended her career Uh, in 1890 the first uh, match of uh, lady harris was played that was in mahabaleshwar so that was another in- interesting story uh, lady harris she was the wife of lord harris who is uh, he who is very well known we have a trophy named after him as harris shield and uh, so she was the wife of uh, uh, lord harris and uh, she wanted to start cricket for women too so she started an exhibition match uh, in mahabaleshwar particularly that was between the husbands and uh, the uh, wives so that was a conventional exhibition game where men used to play left handed and sometimes they would take broomsticks with them after the success of that game so for that was a very closed and conventional game and uh, you know with the very little audience it was uh, like played with very few spectators it was very much successful and lady harris uh, she you know she was very excited to see the kind of response it got so then what she started was she started to emulate the exhibition games that were happening uh, before in the west so she started uh, organizing these uh, interesting concepts of married versus single women uh, that happened in 1894 uh, and she was uh, we can credit her for taking this game to different parts of the uh, country so she okay. didn't even she didn't only play in mahabaleshwar she also organized these matches in jabalpur she organized these matches in uh, uti Uh, so in different places you can find her you know having these matches in different places until 1910 1910 you can see uh, you can find reports of her organizing these matches so um, she can be credit- credited for you know uh, just uh, diversifying the whole game for women and uh, it used to draw large crowds love it uh, even though okay. of course uh, yeah and curiosity the way it was sold was they people had never seen women play game so they used to be very curious that how are going to be women like play there 
So that's how you know it was conceptualized. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go on. Yes. So from the recreation part, how this game was very much recreational, and then how mm -hmm. it turned professional. That is what uh, was important to see. So when we speak of Calcutta, for example, uh, let's see. We know about the Roshanara thing that happened in the twenties. But 1930s was a particularly very busy year for Indian women. So in 1933, for example, if I just uh, start, uh, we talked about how game was already in the schools, but it was also yes. in the universities. So in 1933, uh, in Bombay, there was Grant Medical College. Grant Medical College is one of the oldest medical colleges that uh, is there in India, uh, which was formed in 1845. There in uh, 1933, Perin Kavas Mullah she was also a Parsi. She uh, is also credited for revolutionizing the you know treatment of cerebral palsy in India. She was okay. graduated uh, from Grant Medical College from 1933, and uh, she led the uh, team of Indian women. Uh, she captained the Indian women team against uh, another team of medical students of Bombay uh, in 1933. So that was one of the earliest instances where you could find uh, women's cricket being played at the university level. Yeah, and also, yes, I mean, and this was a very eventful decade, decade, I mean, uh, it is very difficult to imagine how all this happened, because this was a very important and very, uh, what do you say, I mean, a decade of turmoil in Indian politics, it was uh, 1930s, I mean, far yeah. from peaceful. True that. Yeah, you could so, see the involvement of uh, British in that. Uh, so particularly 1934, uh, there were Coronation Day celebrations. Uh, the preparation for Coronation Day celebrations were happening for the, from the British, and uh, mm. they wanted some uh, you know sports uh, sports people from India too, and they wanted a lot of different teams, a lot of different cultural programs, and they just uh, had some people just uh, built for that. So there was this. Uh, report in 1934, where uh, the Athletic Union uh, Club of uh, Calcutta at that time uh, wanted to organize a team for Indian women's cricket. Uh, they wanted to send it to the British Coronation Day celebrations. So okay. there were a lot of reports of that in Bombay Chronicle, and uh, but uh, they were not able to get funds for that. Some years passed by, at least 1936, 1937, and this news was always there. It used to keep coming again and again, but uh, there were financial issues which were not being really sorted. At that point of time, Maharaja of Santosh came up. Maharaja of Santosh uh, approached the body and he said that he's going to finance the whole tour to England. Uh, mm -hmm. that, was, he happen, uh, that was to happen in 1937. So it is safe to say that uh, by that time uh, when uh, international women's cricket had started in England and Australia, uh, the West knew that uh, Indian women used to play cricket because there were invitations yes, for that. Yes. And there were reports about that. So there was an imperial cricket conference that they wanted to organize with uh, South Africa and India and uh, other countries just to, you know, get uh, everyone on board, which of course never happened. <laughs> and uh, we still don't know why uh, the team didn't go. Uh, and that is another, uh, you know, just a dead end that uh, is there in the cricket history of women. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, what you will say, uh, I mean, 
what you keep saying is there the grounds were filled and that is what we see when we whatever pictures and videos we see are very limited whatever pictures we see of the 1970s the indian test matches uh, and uh, yes. even before the test matches i mean uh, in the uh, when the australian under 25s came over there was there was crowd crowd was always there what happened to that crowd i think it is mostly largely due to like uh, or to the mismanagement of the game and uh, the promotions that it got the way it started was uh, so good that uh, the whole organization was not able to build up on that popularity i'll just give you yeah. an interesting example uh, i'll just give you an example when in 1973 uh, first nationals happened april 1973 first nationals mm-hmm. happened in pune the second national happened at varanasi in the same year in december yes in the same year two nationals happened when the second national in varanasi was happening at the same time in december on the same dates another championship was happening of women in delhi a delhi women's oh. championship yeah and there were two teams playing uh, for example there were two teams of delhi in nationals and in uh, delhi championship there was a t- uh, two teams of up playing in champ- nationals and championship there okay. was punjab there was haryana and there was chandigarh and mp so there were rival associations that had mushroomed just at that point when the wca was you know just taking a shape so uh, so when we talk about depth when we talk about a lot of these things uh, there were people who were just uh, there were so many takers of the game that there was a lot of infighting happening when it started but of course yes, right, yes. Now know, right now we know that uh, the delhi championship was uh, a rival association uh, championship and it was deemed unofficial because they were not mm-hmm. affiliated to wcai and you know the crowd was immense and there were celebrations that, and uh, we know this that, that uh, when the australian under 25 tour team toured uh, during a match at the eden gardens a woman gave birth to a child in the stands at the stadium so that was the dedication of the fans i mean uh, an expecting woman uh, basically uh, went to watch the match and the australian team doctor helped as far as i remember in the childbirth so yeah, it was kind of a celebration uh, women's cricket had patrons women's cricket had uh, the depth in uh, i mean in cricketing skills and it always had fans so uh, i think both of us will agree that uh, the com- usual complaints that rise uh, are on three these three the lack of uh, finances the lack of uh, depth and the lack of fans i don't think any of these hold good will hold hold good if it resumes if the women's ipl uh, resumes full fledged very true the thing is uh... at that time usually women had to worry about a lot of different things and it was not just mm-hmm. the game so when you have to concentrate on finances uh, the safety of your girls and of course parents yes. didn't really allow it either and uh, most of them were just playing for the love of it they didn't get paid until uh, like very much later uh, in, uh, by the time 1980s came uh, women started to get uh, paid this monetary fee before that they didn't get any penny for playing the game So, so they yeah. were playing just for the so this means that as we know i mean in the even in the 19 uh, wait 
this was 1982 right when india played the world cup uh, yeah. in new zealand so uh, several cricketers had to pay out of their own pockets yeah and i mean finance their trips a lot of these players missed out on uh, these trips because they didn't had money and most of those who had a working job for example mm-hmm. uh, some were working in the banks some were in the railways only they were able to you know get to the team uh, even so, before that yeah we can only imagine i mean how a women side something a, like a women side team will help this will able help address this because this is still a problem i mean the centrally contracted cricketers get paid enough uh, not yeah. enough but enough to uh, sustain uh, i mean enough to sustain at least uh, for the, their play so, uh, at least during their playing days but um, i'm not sure about the others i mean uh, given the lack of women's i mean actual domestic cricket the Yeah, I think uh, a women's IPL can benefit uh, benefit in terms of both quality of cricket and uh, uh, as well as help the cricketers sustain themselves. Very very true. I totally agree with what you say. And it's not just the WIPL. I also feel uh, there should be a reintroduction of uh, interzonals, the uh, multi-day yes. format games. Uh, of course, that is also very much important. And financial security, how important it is. Uh, before 1982 uh, indian women didn't play an international series for at least 4 years from 1978 hmm. world cup to 1982 world cup they didn't had a official international series of course there was this one series against young england in 1981 but uh, before that and after that there was nothing so yeah. they yeah they wanted to have a team of new uh, west indies and pakistan but it fell through because even those boards didn't had money and uh, had a lot of other complications So, and we so, and we said we noticed these gaps throughout the history of indian cricket basically um, there is a gap uh, in the say the, from 1986 to 1980 1992 or thereabouts then again between 1995 and 1999 india played very desperately apart from that one world cup so essentially there are these huge gaps in in uh, in, in uh, the history of india women's international cricket and that had a lot to do with organizational challenges financial challenges but now i believe the bcci can help address that given given its financial base yeah i mean uh, the merger actually did a wonderful thing for india when it mm-hmm. bcci came over is that uh, in last uh, for example say 15 to uh, 16 years we have seen uh there haven't hasn't been a season like if we just take out the pandemic one india always had some matches to play in every year but uh, before that uh, there were large glaring ga- gaps we have seen like you mentioned between 1986 to 1991 a lot of these players uh, the top billed players like for example sandhya agrawal she had to take up odd jobs she started taking yes. tuitions in her city so they had to take these uh, tuitions they had to do these odd jobs a lot of these girls uh, you know after they got married they had uh, had children they had to leave the game early and so a lot of these things were there so it also comes down to the administration and uh, how they looked after the game so after mahendra kumar sharma ji and uh, before shubhangi kulkarni a lot of uh, administrative issues cropped up which led to of course 
the decline of the game, which we spoke about how the popularity of the game declined in 1980s in comparison to 70s. Yes. Because yes. Mahendra Kumar Sharma, when he was at the helm, he was able to organize these uh, series one after the other. So there was uh, Australia, then New Zealand, then West Indies, and then we went on to a tour of Australia and New Zealand, and then the World Cup. The, every year, there was not a single year from 1974 to 1978 where India didn't have any you know, assignment, mm -hmm. which was not the case after that so that is also one of the reasons why the game declined because it was not in the eyes uh, in the you know uh, it was not in the gaze of the public uh, uh, casual viewer it was not covered well and uh, the yes. newspapers and the print media they started to you know they, their interest started waning suddenly yes because uh, if we see the 1970s newspapers in the 1970s there are huge reports i wish and very detailed reports even reports on crowd reactions. Very true. Very true. Yeah. We can we can hope for a revival. Actually, things may look up. I mean, if domestic cricket gets the boost, if cricket cricketers get pay, paid well, there's no reason why Indian cricketers will not improve. True that. Okay. Uh, thank you, Ankit. It was a pleasure having you here. And uh, thank you, Abhishekda. Thank you for having me. Thank you. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट